0: Thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Thankful to be here today. Glad to see everyone. And uh, I'll mention it again later, but make sure that you get your Mother's Day photo in front of that beautiful display. Sister Bailey spent a long, long time over here um, working on those balloons and putting that up. And it looks beautiful. And so thank you, Sister Bailey. It looks awesome. And uh, just make sure you take advantage of that today and uh, watch them kids around it. Because I'm sure once they come in and see that, that's going to be a magnet. They're going uh, so. And any of you got any ideas about popping any of them? That's a good way to for a fast trip to my office. So don't be do, don't be doing that. God's good, isn't he? We're going to start a new uh, series today, uh, thriving in Babylon, and uh, that's it's going to be a good good series, I believe, and. So, uh, let's, if you have your Bibles or you just want to follow on the screen, one verse of Scripture that we'll open up with this morning. And just uh, thankful for my mom. I don't know she's coming, I think, at the 12 o'clock, but thankful for my wife, the mom of my children. I love her, appreciate her today. Daniel 1, verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And so, as we talk about thriving in Babylon, today's lesson will focus on this the righteous choice. The righteous choice. And uh, our idea for this series is this that even though we live in a world that is uh, hostile, toward our faith in jesus christ we must be faithful to god anyway and his purpose for our lives let's pray for our lesson today lord we love you so much thankful that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light and we know that we live in a world of darkness today but we're the light of the world and so help us today lord to learn more to be better lord we want to thrive in this land in this world till you come back to get us So we ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. He's great, greatly to be praised, thankful for him today. Glad he chose us, called us out. You can be seated. So our lesson idea is that even living in a world that's hostile toward our faith in Christ, it does not, it may seem that we are the minority in this world because it just looks like on every hand the world is doing anything they can to be opposite of God's word it's just like they want to do anything that will be uh, against uh, Christianity especially it seems like even other religions are are given more leeway more freedom more liberty than Christian people especially in our in our nation that was founded as a Christian nation is uh, headed in the wrong direction but even living in a world like that where it seems like uh, everyone is against us it's still not quite uh, in the arena that the first century church was in where they would round you up and lock you up or put you in you know an arena to fight lions or maybe even burn you at the stake. There was a lot of tortures and things. You read about that in Hebrews, how that they were tortured and uh, even pulled apart, fed to lions, different things. that They, they wanted to shut down this movement of, of Jesus Christ. But uh, even with all the things that we have going on, that seems like it's against us in the world, we still must choose to live righteously. And our opening scripture with uh, Daniel is the part where we, we find Daniel along with Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, of course names that were given to them by um, the king, but they were wanting them to, for I think it was a period of like three years, to now partake of the king's diet and eat that food, eat this, drink this wine, and they, they were wanting to just assimilate them into their culture. Uh, they knew that these these men were wise men and and good people, but they wanted to change who they were. They had them in captivity in Babylon. They wanted to they wanted to change them, make them something different. And uh, we find Daniel. Uh, it says of Daniel in that verse that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. He he wasn't you know and you think well. Man, if I'm in a hostile situation and I want to survive, man, a little bit of food here or a little bit of drink here, maybe that that won't be such a bad thing if it keeps me alive. But what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? You know, it's the little bitty things sometimes that, uh, that will defile, that will mess us up, that we think, well, Maybe I can skate by on that. But Daniel knew, I cannot eat this food because it it goes against the dietary laws that are in the law of Moses that we have been following. I cannot drink that wine, those things, because it will go against everything that God has, has taught for us. And even though I'm in this land and now I'm under the rule of this king, I can still make a choice to live righteously. And even though we live in a world that it seems like we are overwhelmed Uh, probably some of you younger people, uh, especially, it seems like the the people that are in your age range, some of you that are especially on campus, uh, seem completely outnumbered. Like there's no way anybody would even notice if I did live different because everybody here is just so caught up in in living for downtown Athens and living for the way of the world and doing those things. It's it's amazing to me still uh, that, when we first moved here, when we would come through downtown uh, sometimes, you know, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and people just on the street, sidewalks full, and, and headed from this bar to that bar, this place to that place, and, and that it's just gotten progressively uh, worse, uh, it, and it's it can really be overwhelming for a little group of apostolics on that campus to think, can we actually make a difference here, and should we maybe just try to blend in a little bit, uh, I would say no, because that even with all that, with all that pressure, I don't know, uh, I would imagine there's 30 to 35,000 students at Georgia, something in that range, that even if there's only five or 10 apostolics, they can turn the campus upside down. If a handful of disciples were able to turn the world upside down, then just a handful of of people who decide we will live holy because the Lord is holy, and we will serve him and and we will not uh, you know defile ourselves with the portion of the king 's meat or the wine that they drink we 're going to uh, not do those things we 're going to stick to living for God, but you have to purpose that in your heart yeah. you know uh, this little uh, you know, it used to be a little old saying, I guess it's still around sometimes, people would say, well, the devil made me do it. <sighs> he didn't. Everything's a choice. The Bible tells us that whoever you decide to yield your members to, that's whose servant you are. Um, servant, not slave. Uh, you know, if, if you are a slave of the enemy, that means he has forced you into this. Right. It's against your will, but uh, people yield their members. They make a decision. He, he can never make you do that. He can never make you. Uh, he can't even make you choose. And so uh, we want to make sure that in our hearts that we purpose it, that this is not what I'm going to do. And I, I preached on this many times before the about the 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 distance of a decision and how uh we get places just one step at a time. Whichever way you step, you're either one step closer or one step farther away from the Lord in your walk. You can you can take a step this way and head toward him, or you can take a step back and move farther away. It'll be up to you. But every time we take a step toward him, it's like we're doubling the distance because he draws nigh to us. And, but it's a decision. And I've said this many times before, I said people wake up one day and go, how did I get here? And I, te- and I tell them, one step at a time. You, you can't realize, how did I get so far? One step at a time. You could walk across this country. You know how you got to the other side? One step at a time. And so when we purpose it in our heart that I will not... Do this, do that, read this, read that, look at this, look at that, listen to this. Just make the decision that, well, and and never think because, again, food, a little bit of food, a little something, hey, just so nobody's. We're not sticking out, we're not standing out right here, just a little bit of that food, a little bit of this. It, that, you know, we'll still pray, we'll still you know worship God when we get the chance. We'll still do those things. But uh, you know, we'll just go ahead because this is just food, and that way we won't seem like we're sticking out so bad, and maybe we won't get a hard time. Maybe, and see that's what people think when they serve the Lord. Well, I'm still going to go to church every Sunday, but you know, I'll, I'll go hang out with them. Uh, in this place, and you know, I might have one or two, I might have a beer or something like that, you know, and maybe I'll just, uh, just one little thing here, one little thing there, you're making a decision to move farther and farther from the Lord, you're hurting your witness uh, with the Lord, you're, you're not showing these people that I can choose to live for God in this world, because that's the choice they make, is to live not for God in this world, and they do everything they can to not live for him. They choose that and have no problem doing it. We should have no problem choosing to live for the one who died for us. That's, uh, I, I should have no problem. Choosing to live according to His Word. If I am enjoying the benefits of being born again by His Word, then I should choose the other benefits of the Word. And I should remember that I am living in a world that needs to see the, what a Savior can actually do. I, I don't need to show this. There's, there's enough examples of people making shipwreck of their walk. I don't need to do that. And I'm not saying that we won't ever make mistakes in our walk or in our life. Sure, we will. But um, people need to see us when we do that to get back up and walk like we should make the righteous choice. Because there's always a choice. There's a choice to live for. Him. If you fall, there's a choice to give up or to get up and keep going. It's always going to come down to the choice. That's why uh, our mindset is different when we come to the Lord. We don't throw in the towel we don't give up we don't go back to the world just because we made a mistake we get up and keep going we keep living for him we we repent we ask for forgiveness and then we do our best to keep serving the lord and and you know the world will take advantage of our faults and our falls and our failures to point out that hey you know you're you're just human and well no i'm not just human because i'm not quitting I've got something else inside of me, and I've purposed in my heart to go to heaven one day. I've purposed in my heart that I'm going to make it all the way home. I've made this choice, and Daniel is now having to make this choice in Babylon because Israel had made a choice to stop following the Lord. That's why they're there. Nobody just came and kidnapped them and took them. They opened the door for this when they stopped serving God to be put into this place and God orchestrated it so that they could be uh, in captivity and also corrected. But before they ever got into captivity, while they were in the promised land, while they had enjoyed the victories of of the spoils and all the things that God had said and while they had uh, possessed the land that God had given for them. Some, Some tribes had a little harder time than that but They had this great leader, Joshua, that was helping them and leading them. But it's coming to the end of his time. He knows his life is about over. And so he begins to address Israel while they're walking, living in the promised land. They're living in the promise that God has given them. It is the promised land. We live in the land with a promise. This is not the promised land. But we live in the land with the promise of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and your children, all who are far off, and, and that promise is power. Jesus said that power uh, would come upon you once you have received the Holy Ghost, and so we've got power, Jesus said, over all the power of the enemy. So we, we've got power to make the choice. You know, you know, and that you ever heard somebody say the power of choice? You ever heard that phrase? It is, it is powerful because. Whatever you choose, that's what sets an action in motion. And so when we have the Spirit of the Lord living inside of us, and like Jesus said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Let me tell you, one of the greatest powers that you'll get with the Holy Ghost is listening to it and then choosing right. The Bible says we mortify the deeds of the flesh to the Spirit. When, sometimes that, that's when we listen to the Spirit, and we choose to do what the Spirit is leading us to do, we, you know, hearing what the Spirit says is not always something coming across this desk. Hearing what the Spirit says is when that choice is thrown up before you, and you're trying to decide, is anybody looking or not? But you decide to make the righteous choice. And live for God anyway, to turn that off, to turn the channel, to look away, to do something, you know, to not open that bottle, not light that cigarette, you know, whatever it is. You make the choice uh, regardless of where you are. You know, Joseph, he could have been bitter against God. He could, man, I thought I was going to be a leader, and here I am uh, in a dungeon uh, or getting sold into slavery by my brothers, and now I'm working in this guy's house, and his wife keeps hitting on me. One day, nobody else is around. The men are all out in the fields doing whatever. He's there, she's there, that's it. And here she comes again. What's up, Joseph? And Joseph says, God forbid. Now, look, I'm telling you, we read just what's written. But he's human, he's, he's a guy, he's a person. And in his mind, he's fighting the battle nobody would know. I don't know what this dude's wife looked like. I don't know if she was really beautiful and if he was like, man, she is beautiful. I don't know what he was, but I'm guaranteeing all the temptation was there. But he chose the righteous choice. He said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord or even against my master to do this thing. Nobody's looking. Nobody would know. Oh, somebody know because that woman was going to tell because she lied on him when he's, he she grabbed him. He just left his coat, went on out the door, left, said, nope, I'm gone, and left, got out of here. I ran. I, I, he, he fled from the scene, which is what we need to do sometimes, just flee. Get away from whatever it is that's trying to get you, whatever's trying to seduce you. Quit playing around with it, thinking I'm bigger or badder than that. It will get you if you stay around it long enough. That's why we got to be careful about what we expose our kids to because it will get them if we expose them for too long. You let them keep hanging around the wrong stuff. And then how did they get there? We want to make sure that we are making the righteous choice so that we can thrive. When it talks about thriving in the land of Babylon, listen... We don't we're not having to run and hide and bury our heads and act like that we're you know from the wrong side of the tracks because we serve the Lord. We can be successful in this world, have families in this world, we can uh, have great jobs and do things and live and live in this world, but we can live for God in this world. I don't have to live for the world to be successful in the world. I can live for the Lord. And have every promise that's in the book operating in my life. I choose to live for him. And so back to what Joshua uh, in Israel. As he was getting ready to depart this life. He knew the kind of people that he had been leading. He knew that there was still stuff in them. And so he had to address that. And in Joshua 24 and 14. He says this. Now therefore. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, which did those great signs in our sight, preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people whom we passed, and the Lord drove out from among us, over for us, all the people, even the Amorites which dwell in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. There is a decision to be made. And even though they were in the promised land and had enjoyed the blessings of God, delivering them over and over, feeding them, taking care of them, and they had watched great miracles, signs, and wonders, Joshua still had to say, choose who you will serve. He said, you're either going back to your past or you're going to get caught up in this present land because even in this promised land, there are people who serve other gods and, and they worship Uh, other things and they sacrificed other things and so you're either going back to your past or maybe you're going to get caught up in what's going on here but as for me in my house we will serve the Lord he had purposed it in his heart that we're going to serve God no matter where we are and just because God's been a little bit good to me does it give me the right to uh, break off and begin to serve the gods of the land God got me, this is the promised land, it's in the promised land. Well, we live in this world, and guess what? God created this heaven and earth that we live in today. Uh, He created this world that we live in today. This is the, uh, when I look at all the things outside, I look at trees and sky and beautiful things, sunsets, and I think, man, God did so good. My Father, my Heavenly Father that loves me and gave Himself for me, He created all these things, and yet there are dangers in the land. And there are trips and snares in the land. And there are things that want to kill you in the land. You know, in this world, all these things that God created, some of them he didn't create them to be played with. Yeah, you don't just go around handling deadly snakes. It'll kill you. You don't go out to the middle of a wilderness somewhere and say, man, I'm going to go pet me a grizzly bear. Oh, they're beautiful. They look like, man, I wish I, I I have said many times, I wish I could just go up and and hug one of those bears. Uh, Yeah, while he's chewing on my head. Because that's what's going to happen. Because God did not design us to go pet bears. That's why shame on them for putting them in cages and locking them up. They they shouldn't do that. They're wild animals. Leave Leave them where they are. And just enjoy pictures of them from far. No, but you know that's why you see people on these safaris and stuff, and they roll the window down. and Say, "Oh, look at the cute little." <laughs> not so cute anymore. Gotcha. Because you're not supposed to reach out and pet a wild animal. I've watched people sticking their head in the mouth of an alligator, and all of a sudden, snap. What did you think was going to happen? It's an alligator. It's not your pet. It's not a dog, it's not a little kitty cat, it's not a parakeet, it's not a fish, it's an alligator it eats people, designed to tear you up. It's in the land. There are things in the promised land that Joshua knew it will kill you unless you decide I'm going to serve the Lord. And the decision to serve God will keep you away from those deadly things. It'll keep you away from the thing. The Bible says the wages of sin, it's death. You can't get around it. I can't get around it. And if we play around with sin, we are in danger of dying. That's right. We're in danger of dying. And uh, so that's why we stay away from those things. We make the choice as Daniel did. We purpose it in our heart from the beginning. Look, I may be in a place right now where I am in the minority for my beliefs, but I am going to stick to my beliefs. Oh, uh, we live in a world where the Scripture talks about a great falling away, and we witness it. If if you've, you know some of you that have not been around the church as long, maybe you don't recognize it as as greatly as some of us that have been around for a while now. I, I just just this month was my twenty sixth year of having the Holy Ghost, and, and I've been in church for a while now. Over half my life, I've been in the church now, and I have watched people falling away slowly, little things that, that they once were so uh, sure about and, and clung to that now they, oh, well, they, we decided this is okay now, and this is all right now, and, and we're, you know, we're out from under. Uh, just a little bread, just a little of the king's food, just a little of the king's wine. Listen, there is a, a king and a prince in this world, that prince of the power of the air. And he, he's got all the little delicacies that he can just throw out there for people to get a hold of. And people are slowly, slowly they're thinking, well, my church attendance will make up for my lack of holiness. Oh, it won't. Uh, You know, know, my my yearly Bible reading is going to make up for me not doing this anymore. It won't. Uh, We have got to be, if it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah, and Noah and his family survived because Noah did all that God commanded, uh, I would suggest that we start doing all that God commanded. Yeah, and I think we start making the righteous choice to live according to the Scripture. Not according to our feelings or how we view a certain thing, but you know, I've said this before. That a lot of times, people, well, I'm just not convicted about that. it Doesn't matter if you're convicted about it or not. If it's God's word, well, I'll just live by my convictions. Well, some people ain't got no convictions, and and to say that, well, if I get convicted about that, I'll do it. Well, some, you know what? We have to believe and be baptized to be saved. Some people's not convicted over that, so they, I'm not. I don't need to get baptized, but the Bible just said so. But I'm not convicted by that. So where does that stop? You see, we've got to follow the entire word of God and not start picking and choosing our salvation. The scripture that gets taken out of context so many times is that uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling is like you get to work out your own plan. This is not health care. You're not choosing your plan That best suits your life. When you're working out your salvation, that means you're working out, uh, lining up to God's word. Mm. Hello. Listen, this world is not our home. We live in a world that is full of wickedness. There are so many things now that that can make us feel and should make us uncomfortable here. I mean, now, look, you know, People of faith have never been at home in this world. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have a house or you don't have a home. But the phrase, you know, you ever tell someone, make yourself at home? Or I feel at home here. It means I can relax. I feel like I fit in. Well, I don't feel at home in the world because this world is going to end. It's going to be destroyed. The world passes away. I'm not planning on being part of that. I'm planning on... Uh, fulfilling what Jesus said I've gone away to prepare a place for you that where I am you can be also there's another place that I feel like will be my home and so we shouldn't be surprised if we are born again and full of the Holy Ghost that we do not feel at home in this world Uh, the believers who have gone on before us it says in Hebrews 11 and 13 tells us we are strangers and we are pilgrims in the earth we're strangers here to this world, we should be. And that doesn't mean we're uh, shut off and we're a bunch of hermits and we're isolated and we can never talk to the people who, no, that's the only way this world's going to know that. But we do not involve ourselves. Listen, Daniel had a lot of people that respected him in Babylon, but he did not partake of what they did. And you can still be friendly and kind and, and love and give advice. and help. He, he helped the king. Uh, when he couldn't interpret the dreams, he, he reached out and helped the king and told him what the dreams meant and things like that. He, he was willing to help and do that, but he was not going to change who he was. He helped Nebuchadnezzar with dreams. He helped, uh, you know, then when Darius passed the law, said you can't bring a petition to anybody but me for the next X amount of days. Well, he said once he even knew that decree was out there, he prayed three times a day like he always did before. He didn't stop. He made the choice to keep on serving God because that's the only choice that's going to get you out. That's the truth. We are strangers and pilgrims on this earth. The the scripture says in Philippians 3 and 20 that we are now looking for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. From this world, we're looking for the Savior. We're looking for him to appear. We're looking for him to to come back and and help us and and to bless us and take care of us. want to get us out of here one day. I want him to get us out of here. In John chapter 17, uh, Jesus said this, verses 14 through 18. He said, I have given them, talking about his disciples, I have given them thy word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. We're not of the world. We have been born again. Before the new birth, you know what you are? Of the world. Because that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. And we've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible the word of God. And now we are no longer of this world. Living in it, sure. Gotta make a make your way through it? Absolutely. Got to have a job, you know. Need things. That, yeah, absolutely. We've got to function in this world, but we're not of it. It means we're not of the influences that are in it. We don't partake of the things they partake of. Thinking, well, uh, I've got I'm um, I'm born again, so I'm just like I got this force field over me that nothing will stick to me. It will. That's why the Bible says, "Keep your garments unspotted." You he he put it on us. For us to keep our garments unspotted, it's just like when you put a a shirt on and you go to a restaurant. Some of y'all need to get one in big bibs so you keep your shirt unspotted because it's gonna get. If if you're eating something that can stain, it's gonna get on you. I've I've eaten lunch with some of you. I know. (laughs) I know. You can believe it. If it's a shirt, if it's your favorite outfit, you can rest assured there's some salsa, barbecue sauce, something's about to get on it. But you can't blame the guy in the kitchen because of that. You can't blame the waiter. Nobody. Man, eat like a (laughs) grown-up. Sit back in your chair with your hamburger right here. Guess what? Eat over your plate. You know, you keep yourself. So we keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Uh, I said, you know, we've been given these garments. God has uh, washed us and cleansed us. And so quit playing next to the mud hole. Quit playing next to the pig pen yeah. because you can just be standing by observing somebody throw something in and splash you. You better be careful about where, how close you get around to some of these things It's going to get on you. Oh, I know this is old-fashioned. Old, old uh, you know, come, on, come on, talk to me about walking on water. Uh, forget walking on water. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. Keep yourself like you need to be. Make the right decision that, look, Jesus died for me. He washed my sins away. He filled me with his spirit. He's coming back to get me one day. I think I'll just do what's right and live for him. I think I'll choose today who I'll serve, and I will live for him. And so when Jesus, this is what he said, they're not of the world. And then he said, I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. Don't let them be caught up in the things. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. We've got to be here because this world needs the gospel preached. We are the light of the world. And this world needs to see the light uh, of Jesus Christ. They need to see our good deeds and so they can glorify our Father that's in heaven. We need or they need us in this world. But we cannot disguise ourselves. I said this a few weeks ago. We're not chameleon Christians. We don't just blend into society. We're going to stand out. You cannot turn a light on in a dark room and not see it unless you're blind. Yeah. You'd be in a pitch black room and turn a light on. Guess what you'll see? The light. And you're so glad for the light. And so I don't want the light to be put out. So I'm going to make a choice to let my light so shine before men. He, he backed up and said, or we'll back up and see what he said in, in 16 and 33. He said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. He wants us in this world to to have peace of mind over our choice to live for him. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have troubles, trials, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Uh, I've already taken care of these things. You can make it. I overcame the world so you could make the choice to not choose those things. I have given you power over all the power of the enemy temptations of the flesh and things like that. He has given us power over that. For us to act like uh, that, these things can defeat us is to act like the power of the Holy Ghost is not strong enough to overcome them. It's never him having an off day or the power of the Holy Ghost having an off day. It's us having an off day. It's us making the wrong decision, us making the bad choice, and then... Now, what do we do with that? Make the, if you do that, make the righteous choice to get up and keep going. Uh, in this world that is not our home, we can still live as we're supposed to live. Our home is up above. We desire a, a new place. In 1 John 4 and 4, this is why we can defeat this world. You are of God, little children. And have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can overcome it because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You've got something inside of you that cannot be defeated. And if you will let it fight instead of your flesh, you're going to win. You're going to win. Make The choice. I know sometimes we want it to seem it's got to be a lot more spiritual and a lot more supernatural than that, Pastor. No, it comes down to what you choose to do. When Jesus said, Follow me, you know what? Decision, a choice. He didn't grab them and, and snatch the nets out of their hand, throw their stuff down, said, I said, Come here now. He said, Follow me. So now it's a choice. To, to follow him, to walk with him. And because they chose that route, that's why they saw and did all the things that they had, that they that they would experience. It all came from a decision, from a choice they made to follow him. And the, the reason 11 of them were able to uh, keep following him and one could not was because Jesus chose the wrong way. He chose. He chose to betray the Lord. He chose that. He regretted it. And he chose to take his own life. He chose that. And so we, we have choices. And, and, uh, but I guess my thing in this is that don't get too comfortable in this world. Don't let it start becoming your home. Because there is another day coming. There's another day coming where the Lord's going to get us and take us away. That's, that's going to happen. The Bible says in the last days, people would begin to scoff at that and mock at that because i have been hearing that all our lives. It's been going on forever and ever. And people would just begin to do what they want to do because they think it's never going to happen. But he said in an hour, in a day, in a time, when you think not, when you're distracted by something, when you're not paying attention, you know, everybody says, well, I hope it happens while I'm in my prayer room. Probably won't. Might, you know, it, it it might be right when you're in the middle of putting shingles on top of a house. It might happen while you're sitting in class teaching your students, or or it might be right in the middle of an exam. Everybody's like, I hope so, but it it, it might be while you're sitting in rush hour traffic. You know, you it's you know you're just thinking, you're just, man, I, oh what a day, what a day. you know, and I was out of here it's going to happen and we need to be ready but if we don't make the right choices now you know how are we going to be ready John said this Revelation 21 Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God John saw this in in Revelation 21 and I John saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for adorned For her husband, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. And neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful man we've got a passport that says heaven on it we got a ticket that says New Jerusalem but we still live in this Babylon but you can thrive in Babylon God I've got to skip through some of this because it will come to the end but I want to read this and it will probably come up again but Jeremiah wrote to Israel these things, when God was about to put them in captivity, um, that uh, He wrote this to the Jewish captives that were in Babylon, Jeremiah 29 1, and then verses 4 through 7. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives, and to the priests, the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel unto all that are carried away captives whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build you houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them and take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished and seek the peace of the city whether I have caused you to be carried away captives and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof you shall have peace that's what he wrote to Israel he said I want you to increase while you're there not decrease so don't ever think that the church has just got to decrease you know, well people walking away yeah sure but there's always going to be people added it's not like we're just like we're, it's not like the church is bleeding out if people are walking away, there's others coming in, you can believe that, and the church will increase, and there will be a number that no man can number in heaven, but he also said in this place where you are, seek the peace of that city, or that place where I've, I've sent you to, and, and I think that's a big thing, because the scripture tells us to live peaceable with all men as much as lies within us, um, matter of fact, I, I may read, I think I've got that, some advice that Paul gave to the church, and this will be bit of scriptures right here. But it's okay. It doesn't make you soft if you seek peace. It doesn't make you a coward if you seek peace. You know, in this world I that's why I say I I don't stir up things. I don't I don't preach politics from my pulpit because I'm not here to, to win an election. I'm here to get souls to heaven. I'm not I'm not going to talk about uh, that from across here, and most likely I won't even talk to you about it outside these doors because it's not. It's not uh, I don't really care, uh, you know. I mean, I, I I I vote, I pray, I vote, I do those things, but I didn't. I'm not a politician. I, I'm a pastor, and so I'm trying to help people get to heaven. And it's okay to seek the peace of the land because. If the church is rioting and fighting and and angry and, and throwing harsh words around, who wants to be a part of that? That's not what we were designed to do. Paul said this, and you can stand with me. I know we're right here at the end. Romans chapter 12. He said, recompense to no man, evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. This is how we thrive in Babylon. If it be possible, as much as lies within you, live peaceable with all men. Well, I tell you, sometimes you think, man, there's no way I can be peaceable with those people. And and maybe so. But I would venture to say it would be few and far between that you couldn't, you may not agree, but you can at least live peaceably. Because there's a power inside of you that comes from the Prince of Peace. I believe we have power to live peaceable, even if we don't agree. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Quit trying to get people back, just live for God. Therefore, if your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, you shall or heap coals of fire on his head. Then he said, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how we thrive in Babylon. We thrive by the choices we make. We purpose it in our hearts that we're going to live for God. God gave them his law before they ever got in the promised land. He gave them words to live by before they ever crossed the Jordan. He said, because you'll need my word to live in that land. Well, Jesus just said, of his disciples, he said, "I've given them your word. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Make them different, Lord, by your word. We're born again by the word." He 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 went away, but he left us in this land with his word. And you know how Israel was going to thrive in the promised land by living according to God's word. That's what Joshua told them. You've got to keep the commandments of the Lord. You've got to choose today who you're going to serve. And you know how we're going to thrive in this? Jesus, before he left, he said, if you love me, if you're going to wear the T-shirt, I heart Jesus. Well, you might as well back it up. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So don't be false advertising. You're Walking around with your I heart Jesus T-shirt and bumper sticker and all that stuff and not be keeping his commandments. That's how we're going to thrive in this land. That's how we'll be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. That's how we'll be different. That's how this world, that's why uh, people will recognize who we are in this life. Because we keep his commandments. We make the righteous choice to live for him. No matter what this world is doing. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and pray together this morning. Receive his word. Lord, we thank you that you have given us power to live and to thrive, to increase and not decrease in this land today. Lord, let us just purpose it in our hearts to lay aside every weight and every sin that would beset us and let us run this race with patience, looking unto you, the author and finisher of our faith. Let us keep your commandments and serve you as we should in sincerity and truth and walk upright before you. Let us be the church, the people, the building that you called us to be. Let us be the light of the world. Lord, we ask these things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. I'm thankful to be a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, peculiar people. The Bible said in times past we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. I'm thankful to be his today. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. We're going to get ready. We're going to celebrate our moms and just worship the Lord together and be thankful for what he's done today. God bless you.